You're listening to The Coach Approach with Diane Ravenscroft. Whether you're an entrepreneur, an ambitious employee, or someone interested in getting the most out of every connection, responsive communication is key. Join management and learning specialist Dr. Diane Ravenscroft as she gives you the tools to improve any relationship that matters to your business, your career, and your life. All right, here's Diane. Welcome back to the Coach Approach Podcast. I'm Diane Ravenscroft. Today's podcast will figuratively put a big red bow on the hear yourself, stop yourself, with or without a twist, invisible coach approach skill. The twist is asking yourself, hear yourself, stop yourself, ask yourself. I'm going to open with a question. How many times have you and I received constructive feedback about how we handled a situation? particularly how we distinguished ourselves in a situation in terms of what we said. I said constructive feedback, so consider yourself challenged. I've had this happen to me before in a work setting, and I said, yes, I agree with you. The key words followed. I realized what I said after I said it. The person replied kindly, Yes, but by then it was a bit too late, wasn't it? And gave me an analogy that made me feel a little younger than I was at the time and talked about toothpaste. Has anybody talked to you about toothpaste in communication before? Once it comes out, you can't put it back in. (laughs) I tried not to feel defensive and I rolled with the clever analogy. Words are like toothpaste. Once they come out, it's hard to get them to go back in. In fact, you can't. I've never tried it with toothpaste, but I know it with words. Hear yourself, stop yourself, ask yourself presents an opportunity to have less regret around what we say because we are proactively working in advance not to say what might create regret. So here's how it works. To hear oneself while speaking requires an extra level of preparation and attunement. The word attunement for me when it relates to communication is tuning into myself. So to hear myself while speaking requires an extra level of preparation and attunement. It means you and I speak with such care that we hear what we're saying while we're saying it. Ideally, before we speak, we've thought about what we're going to say. It's not always possible to do that, Certain contexts make that impossible. But generally speaking, the more I have found, I practice hear yourself, stop yourself, with or without the twist of asking yourself, or in this case, asking myself questions in my head before I say something, the more I practice, the easier it becomes. Not everything is easy after I practice. In this case, it's been true for me. Preparation, especially for important people and important conversations, gives me more confidence. I don't know about you. So if we've thought about our words before we say them well in advance, we have a vision for how we will present information to listeners. I consider who's in the room because that's part of my role, and I recommend that to others as well. I can't always control how I'm interpreted. 
I heard it said once that we can control how we present, but we cannot control how we are perceived. And oh, is that true? If we have the opportunity, we can know our audience. But again, that's not always possible. And sometimes I think I know a person and then they say something and I realize I don't really think I knew you. So you can't always know your audience. If you have the opportunity to get to know your coworkers, if you've spent enough time in advance of important meetings, like process meetings, strategy, vision, or mission conversations, you might be able to anticipate certain questions or anticipate certain concerns, yet hear yourself stop yourself is still helpful. So here's a claim and a bit of a guarantee. Once you've tried to hear yourself stop yourself, with or without the twist, which is ask yourself, after some practice, you will hear yourself more naturally. You'll edit in real time with ease and adapt and adjust to people in all kinds of situations. Have you tried this yet? If some of you have listened to all my podcasts, you may have already been refining and mastering the hear yourself, stop yourself, invisible coach approach skill. I'd love to know if you've tried this. If you have, email me. Remember, Diane at discovercoachingvt.com. VT like virtual training and the state of Vermont, where I live. Diane at discovercoachingvt.com. I'd love your feedback, your questions, your, your ideas, your, your input, your comments. A surprising benefit for others, I say with a smile, when I started practicing my hear yourself, stop yourself coach approach skill, is that I started speaking less. I say this was a surprising benefit to others as by saying less, I was listening more. Not only was I listening, I heard what people said. It sunk in. I really heard. Eventually, I began to also hear what was going on inside my head while others spoke. Eventually, with more focus and practice, it really became more to hear myself. When you hear yourself, also, it forces us both to listen, to really listen to ourselves as we speak. I'm quiet more often. I rely on nonverbal cues more to affirm and acknowledge, and I interrupt less. I have been notorious for cutting people off. I used to be able to blame it on cell phones. I sometimes blamed it on Zoom. 99% of the time it was true. 1%, I confess right now, it was to make up for the fact that I'd cut the person off. I apologize. It's rude. I do it less. I'll try to stop. It was initially so out of character for me to pause and not to interrupt or cut someone off, sometimes just because I'm enthusiastic, that people asked me if I was okay. <laughs> are you okay? Are you feeling okay? <laughs> That's how much people are used to me just talking, not stopping to listen, not enjoying the benefit of the pause effect to process, or said another way, just be more polite. Let's face it, it's rude to cut people off and interrupt. We don't have to do it. If we all agreed to the rudeness factor of doing so, I'm sure it would happen less. You've heard my commitment, my apology. I'm really actively working on it. It becomes a self-awareness exercise that feeds a self-regulation exercise as we become socially aware. Mastering here myself and stopping myself 
is very tied to emotional intelligence. Three of the things I just said are tied to the research around emotional intelligence. It is not my research. Several articles have been written. I know it's Richard Boyatzis, if you'll forgive me on the possible incorrect pronunciation, but I think I'm correct, who's written several books about emotional intelligence. And you've probably heard of Dan Goleman, who a long time ago wrote about this amazing inner awareness that becomes our new intelligence as we connect and seek to connect with others. I mentioned self-awareness, self-regulation, and social awareness. These are closely tied to self-management. Hear yourself, stop yourself is a skill that is tied to self-management. If you're working on emotional intelligence, you can deepen your commitment to doing so by trying hear yourself, stop yourself. In my first podcast, I mentioned that openness was the first challenge of the coach approach. So let me ask you this question. Are you open to listening more frequently to yourself in a way that not only are you listening for meaning, you're listening for significance. You're not listening to just wait for the person to be quiet and say your piece. You're listening to your own thoughts. We could go so deep with this in terms of understanding our motive, but for now, let's just commit to being open to listening more frequently in a way that we're truly listening to the person. We want to understand them. We want to connect. We're also listening to what's happening inside our heads. I will teach you how if you give me the opportunity, especially if you're not sure yet. For me, I compose thoughts. Usually, if I'm in a non-confrontational context, if I'm calm, I compose thoughts prior to saying them. So this is a good day and a pleasant exchange. As long as I'm rational, I'm pleasant, aren't you? So hear yourself, stop yourself will always be effective when we are rational, when we are pleasant, and we are in a mutually beneficial conversation where neither party feels threatened. It's non-confrontational in terms of the context. If we're in conflict, if we're dealing with misunderstandings, if there are issues around perception, bias, ego, other contexts, that's tougher. Takes a lot more self regulation, takes a lot more dedication to really listening to understand when we feel threatened. Generally speaking, hear yourself, stop yourself works 100% of the time to better understand people when there's mutual agreement around shared goodwill. To hear yourself and stop yourself, you will eventually develop integrated thinking. And there is power in integrated thinking. We develop the capacity to not only listen to comprehend the intended meaning of the words going into our ears and mind, we also begin to listen to the first, second, and third thoughts that happen as we process the words of others. Two layers of words. That's the integrated thinking part. Your words, my words, happening simultaneously. This generally prolongs certain conversations but the silence is a good thing. It's that pause effect. It leaves room for mutual processing 
and hopefully calms situations if it is a heated exchange. If there's too quick a back and forth, hearing myself helps me stay calm. I'm not always calm. You don't live with me. You just listen to my podcasts. Hearing myself will stop me from saying what I might regret. There are times for saying words that matter to help bring awareness to the other person, but that's not what hear yourself, stop yourself is about. That's a conversation about assertiveness we can have another time. As I listen to you and absorb what you're saying, this naturally pauses my reaction and my thoughts wait as I process your thoughts. This gives me time, and it's literally a few seconds, but it's valuable time to hear what's happening in my head when I listen to your thoughts, so I can stop myself from saying something unproductive. This can be especially helpful with manipulative people who use words to trap. Again, a conversation that can wait for a future podcast. I wrote a booklet that I have yet to publish on my upcoming website, and the booklet is called Users, Bruisers, Abusers, and Winners. Manipulating is a form of using people and bruising people and abusing people. I've dealt with a lot of manipulative people in my life, and I do try. I do try to spend not much time with manipulative people. I say this as a human, not as a judger, but I have spent enough time to understand their tactics and how getting a person to answer in a swift way is often a regrettable reaction, which is a tactic most manipulative people have mastered. So getting back to a typical person with shared goodwill, entering a conversation, for the general person who just wants to share to improve, speak to inspire, and question to learn. Being quiet for the first moment helps with processing the words that I'm hearing. It leaves me room to consider the words that I will use to respond. Again, it just takes a few seconds, but those seconds count. Those moments matter. So I hope you're inspired to take the time to hear yourself, as when I do, I often stop myself from saying what I might otherwise regret especially for important conversations, and definitely for important conversations with important people. It's harder to do when under pressure or when I'm nervous. It's even harder in high-stakes meetings, when, again, you feel like it's a do-or-die situation. I don't like that phrase, but you hear that a lot. In coaching, I learned about levels one, two, and three listening. So I'm boldly offering Hear Yourself, Stop Yourself as level four listening. And if there's level four, this is five. A savvy leader takes the time to learn how each person on their team listens and interprets information. We all have a preference for how we emphasize aspects of any topic. Learning about how people hear and interpret information can truly set us apart. We can explain information to someone who needs to hear us how they hear best to understand what to do and what to do next. That's why I have a particular dislike for ambiguity because of the lack of clarity. I have a preference for clarity. I have a preference for focus. If you lead others, and especially if you lead layers of leaders, 
you will regularly check in with people. You'll regularly check in so that you know people are aligned to your vision, your your strategies, and your priorities because decisions are made around vision, strategies, and priorities. So listening is crucial for leaders. How we listen is important. And hear yourself, stop yourself forces us to pause, to truly listen. It is worth the time to learn how to speak in a way that others hear best. If you want people to make decisions aligned to your strategic initiatives, it's worth the time to learn how to speak in a way that people hear best. And that means everybody on your team. If everyone did so, imagine the harmony that would result, the coordination, the continuity. There's those success factors again. If you're musical, you know exactly what I mean when I say harmony. I will devote an entire podcast to musical leadership. The essence of musical leadership is listening. I loved my voice teacher, the late Donna Dodge. She led the beautiful Bethany Corral. And I was so privileged to hear amazing vocalists like Donna Dodge and Nancy McCready and so many other amazing vocalists. And the key takeaway I have never forgotten from Donna Dodge was blending. When you're in a choir, you never want to be the unpaid soloist. You never want to be that person who keeps singing when the conductor stops or starts singing before the conductor begins everyone in unison. The blending is profound. Because if I'm listening to the people beside me on either side, if that's where I'm placed, in front of me and behind, if that's where I'm placed, and I hear their voices more than mine, I'm blending. It is a skill that, when mastered, truly distinguishes a choir from singers. A choir is a group, a collective of voices that sounds like one voice. So, as I said, I will describe in greater detail harmonious leadership, but that's the essence right there, blending. If you are musical, if you have ever been in a choir or heard duets, trios, symphonies, you know what I mean when I talk about the power of blending, blending into one unified sound. Hear yourself Stop yourself, for me, is that moment when I am listening to the other person in a way while I am listening to myself, just like being back in the Bethany Corral, just like being in Bella Voce. Blending is essential. And if you've never heard Bella Voce, I highly recommend this choir. You can hear them in Vermont and you can contact me and I can put you in touch with someone who can share their CDs. Shout out to Dawn and Bella Voce. Musical leadership. Hear yourself. Stop yourself. Blend. Focus. Be determined. Harmony is amazing. And it takes coordination and harmony to get groups of people together into a cohesive, organized formula, really. And whether it's on a sports team, in a setting where 75 people come into a room with trays of food 
and serve 700 people, that's uniformity and coordination. That's blending. This harkens us back to the etiquette training in the hotel atrium that I happened upon because I arrived early for an event I was facilitating. I mentioned the opulence, and I mentioned the introspection after my meeting at the hotel was over. I shared that I began to listen to other people in a whole new way. People who sought my expertise, I now was aware that they spoke either exclusively in the negative or could potentially sound toxically optimistic, depending on your filter. And I changed how I spoke. I edited. I I now balance my avoid-achieve coach approach process. So I never risk sounding toxically positive, and I hopefully never risk sounding really negative either. I'm trying to avoid those extremes. And hearing myself and stopping myself and asking myself the twist helps me avoid those extremes. If I have done it and I have transformed from a naysayer and a person with a scarcity mindset, I can help you. Our ears become attuned to how people share. Are they warning, thinking they're inspiring? Ask yourself. Hear yourself. You may surprise yourself. You may not need to hear yourself as much as I do. You may be many steps ahead of me in terms of your effective communication skills, in terms of your mindset. I'd like to know, are you doing this already? We're just now calling it, hear yourself, stop yourself. When I practice focused listening, I'm able to hear my thoughts and I'm slowing down. Therefore, I'm conscious of not wanting to sound short-sighted or, or foolish if that happens to be a defense mechanism. I work with a lot of people and lashing out is a primal behavior that I hear a lot, but it demonstrates more about impulse control and is not ideal for leaders who want to set a good example. So practice focused listening and see how people respond. Next time, I'll share with you my pause effect and the five steps involved in the pause effect that I call high five. You can demonstrate high five in any particular order, but I will explain them according to how I start. And high five partners closely with hear yourself, stop yourself. So I hope you'll come back next time and learn more about hear yourself, stop yourself, high five, and other important coach approach skills. If you have a chance to practice some deep breathing between now and next time, that would also be great. If you want to learn more about emotional intelligence between now and next time, that would also be great. I hope you're becoming interested in lifelong learning. And I also hope that if you have a learning organization, you can find a way to explore these topics. My website soon will have information and eventually courses on these topics. If you'd like to take a class soon, let's start one. Pick a date, contact me, and we can focus and hone in on some of these coach approach skills. If you want to build a learning organization, we can start there. Anyone can be the stakeholder and the point person for building a learning organization. If you're in a small organization, if you're fortunate enough to have a talent manager, I'm sure building your learning organization, refining and improving it and scaling it 
is already underway. If I can be a resource, please reach out. Again, you can find me at diane at discovercoachingvt.com or on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. I am Diane Ravenscroft, and this has been another episode of the Coach Approach Podcast. Take care, be well, talk to you soon.